All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Paperless Movement podcast. Today, I'm really excited talking to Buzz Grolleman, and he is the owner of the YouTube channel Tools on Tech and what else he does in his life and work life. Uh, we will figure out now. I'm really sure this will be a very exciting talk because we will talk about Notion databases versus Coda databases. We will also talk a bit about Obsidian and things like that. So let's dive into this. Bas, welcome to the show and thanks for joining. Let us know who you are and what you're actually doing. Yeah, so like this is always a, a tough one. Um, yeah, I, I run a YouTube channel, uh, Tools on Tech, where I talk a lot about Notion, but also other productivity uh, systems, uh, because I don't believe in one tool to fix them all. And when I'm not editing videos or filming videos, I'm currently uh, working as a freelancer for the city of Amsterdam, where I'm a system engineer. So I build cloud applications or mostly the infrastructure under it. And that's where a large part of my love for automation comes because I script my way out of everything, mm. uh, which I, I greatly enjoy. Uh, my only thing that like, I had real trouble with was keeping my notes straight. And uh, I had it in different systems, like uh, there was a Dropbox paper, Google Docs, uh, markdown files on my system. And then at some point I discovered Notion and I basically moved everything I had to that after I think test driving it for three or four weeks because I was going like this is this is where I want to uh, keep my stuff and for people that think like oh yeah it changes tools every week I've been using Todoist for over a decade I think 15 years even so if I find something that that does its job I don't switch uh, uh, lightly but Notion definitely scratched a, a lot of itches that I was having hmm. And that, yeah, it's just like, I just imported everything raw and just looked at it and like, I'll search for it and I'll find it back eventually. And then slowly I would grow into using Notion. Um, and I was really excited about it. And you know what happens when you're excited about something, you want to talk about it. Now I happen to have a YouTube channel. So I started talking about this Notion thing that I was experimenting with once I uh, felt that I knew enough that I could share some of that knowledge I acquired. And that's when my channel started growing. Yes. Yeah. Before that time, it was a bit all over the place. I was still trying to find my niche, as they call it. Yeah. Um, Notion was uh, that niche to get started, definitely. So are you sponsored by Notion? No, I'm yeah. definitely not sponsored by Notion. I am an ambassador these days, so I got one of those boxes and I got one of those pins and everything mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. comes with that. But they're not paying me money. Uh, and I don't think I would like any company to pay me money for their productivity tool because I am very uh, finicky about my tools. I want to be able to use them because I like using them. And as soon as I start having that kind of commitment, um, I once had that semi. That was when I started working as a freelancer for Kobo in Toronto. And I was still using my Kindle at that time. Walking around with your Kindle device through the Kobo headquarters is not recommended. So <laughs> I switched uh, e-reader devices. Uh, luckily for me, uh, the main feature that I love for my Kobo is that it has Get Pocket integration, which I was already using. So that wasn't that hard of a switch uh, to to switch from one device to the other, except that I couldn't read all my old books, so I still have my Kindle lying around for those. Yeah. Well. That sounds really interesting. And I always like to talk to my guests who have really a big, you know, fundamental knowledge about all this stuff and even building up such uh, um, databases and so on really into this and with the scripting knowledge behind this. 
this just shows that Notion is more than just uh, a hype. And we mm -hmm. will come to this because I came to the same conclusion right now um, as I switched to Coda and now I'm switching yeah. back to Notion again for my knowledge management. And this is exactly what you just scratched uh, there as well. I, I went to, to Coda because I thought this is great. They have so much more features when it comes to databases, but there's more to Notion than only the hype, you know? I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of all these YouTube videos saying this video is sponsored by Notion. And then, you know, it feels already something, I don't know. Um, I always say uh, I'm not sponsored. However, if I'm a fan of a tool, I'm reaching out to the company and then, you know, I get an affiliate link or something like that. But usually I'm sponsored through my inner circle membership. And um, this keeps me unbiased. But this keeps me switching tools as well. Yeah. So yeah. as you, yeah, you scratched the surface there as well, or you, you scratched the topic there as well, um, that there's not one tool for, for everything. And no. Notion claims to be this, ClickUp claims to be this, and all these tools click, uh, mentioning this, but there is not. And um, looking at your YouTube channel, you mentioned using Notion for project management as well. So I would mm -hmm. like to, to talk a bit about this as well, because I made a video on YouTube telling don't use Notion for everything. And yeah. project management is exactly one of the things that I would never use Notion for. When I see all these setups and uh, connections between projects and tasks and things like that. And this is why I developed this iCore framework for my inner circle members know this. It is the parts of the productivity system, input, control, output, refine, and replace the different tools in the different areas of the productivity that they are most efficient for the different sections. And Notion is for me control knowledge management, really. So what are your thoughts on project management in Notion then? Uh, it has its limited uses. So when you look at my project management system that I set up personally, I was mostly scratching the itch that I needed a place to store all the notes and relevant information and link that up while I was keeping all my tasks either in Todoist for my uh, personal and uh, YouTube life, basically, and Jira for most of the freelance work that I do, yeah. because most companies come with a system and they're, they don't care for whatever you're using outside their system as long as you update their system. So I mm -hmm. try to hang on to those uh, systems as well. I, I, I mean, I love Notion, but I miss a lot of things when it comes to task management. Yeah. Also, tasks is something that... Um, and I think I talked about it once at some point, like Todoist, I've been using that for so long that I basically get a dopamine hit every time I hit that button <laughs> that's in there. So any other tool doesn't really uh, yeah. get me working as well. And I've tried everything. Like I'm looking at like a magnet board right now because I'm trying the, um, it's not technically paper, but it's writing stuff down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it always comes back to to do to do this in my case because that's where I'm just used to work in and I just filter everything there, uh, and I love Notion to keep my project notes together, but I I really despise it to actually do work in. I just use it as a reference bank, and that's also one of the things why uh, currently it's getting like a decreased usage because I'm testing stuff like Logseek and Roam as a place to just chuck my brain in yeah. and then be able to get it back later which was different than Notion for me, because when I'm working in Notion, I'm usually formatting my thoughts and giving it like structure and make sure that it's like this nice pre-designed castle. That's um, really that's really nice. We really yeah. have similar similar thoughts there. So I'm using Todoist forever. So 
Uh, I was talking to the CEO from Todoist as well, and I love Todoist because it is just one thing. It is a task list that I can check off. And this is what we are missing when we go paperless, that we don't no longer have this piece of paper with our task that we can take off. And mm -hmm. the dopamine hit, I can relate to this as well. And now I switch to ClickUp uh, from, from um, Asana. Actually, I switched to ClickUp for my team management. And I'm so happy that Plexi, um, who are able to connect to do this with Asana, Mm -hmm. um, and automated the task there, also have the integration now with ClickUp. So this means I can manage my team, they have their task in ClickUp, but my personal task inside ClickUp show up on Todoist automatically. I can tick them off, I can change the due dates and things like that. And I absolutely agree, Todoist, uh, ClickUp, they claim one tool to replace them all, and they have some docs in there, but they are not Notion and they don't have proper databases. So I keep going back to Notion. I'm building up my SOPs, work, uh, workflows and things like that inside Notion now. So we have a similar loose use case there when it comes to knowledge management on a different place. Do you feel that, um, because when you're working with like all these different tools, that's one of the things I like. I try a lot of tools and they're always very close but just they always fall flat like in <laughs> yeah. a few yeah. things uh, resulting into me having to use multiple tools yeah. um it's also why I like the power setup very much so i use the same project name in all my uh systems so i can easily switch between the two and i was amazed at about how important using the exact same name is because i felt like you know as long as it's similar right <laughs> your brain just goes like, yeah. no, this takes me effort. And then you start using, I use the same folder name for it. Like every YouTube thing has like a, a, a fixed small name for me. Yeah. The Notion page has that. The Locksack tag is the same. The uh, folder has the same name. Uh, DaVinci project, uh, DaVinci Resolve project has the same name. So everything has that name. And I never have to think about it. It's just, I look at it and go like, this is the spot that I'm in right now. Uh, and it helps a lot when you're uh, switching between a lot of tools because all the tools at least allow you to name the project. I mean, if they don't have that, then you won't get past like the beginning stages when I'm testing it out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an interesting point actually. And I always feel whenever I switch a tool, like for example from Notion to Coda or things like that, it is so dragging me down in performance and in clarity in my mind. I hate it. So I, I realized, okay, Tom, you have to go back to the roots. You have already so much uh, information inside Notion in all these databases, and they don't, you know, they make don't make it easy to export it. You know, we can make CSV files and export it this way, but mm -hmm. the connections between the databases is the important thing. And yeah. I think this is a good point where we can talk about Obsidian, for example, where you have the markdown files and we can use them elsewhere later on. So we have really control over our files and the yeah. linkage between them. And I also talked to the uh, CEO from NotePlan. Um, he, you know, connects his tool and notes to the calendar and also the tasks um, to the calendar and so on. But it's also markdown files. This allows me now to connect NotePlan and Obsidian in one uh, universe. I can use my notes to uh, connect it to the calendar. In the other one, it's my graph that I can look at. And I just <laughs> saw you making a, a YouTube video about what is it? 
Let Q or what was it? Uh, an, another Obsidian alternative. Yeah, it's Lock Lockseek. Um, oh yeah, um, and there you yeah. were wondering about the graph and what it's for. Yeah, so it makes it starts to make sense once you build this up. Especially in Obsidian, I, I really like it that you can group by tags. And I could say, for example, I have uh, all my, uh, you know, making notes about loads of tools, all the tools that came across. And then I just add a tag with my tool. So I, that's a tool that I actually use. And I can group this in the graph then and say, see all the tools that I actually use inside the graph and the connections to all the other information. Yeah. So this is really interesting and something I missed then in Notion. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely true. It's like the totally different way of uh, working. Because uh, I I checked out Rome, Obsidian, and Logseek at some point, and mostly because I was pointed towards Logseek and got interested in how this whole setup works, uh, and then see the difference between the way of working. So when I'm looking at something like Obsidian, I just chuck data in a journal and tag everything, and then later when I need to look something up. I just say like, show me everything that's related to that tag. And it doesn't matter if I talked about that yesterday or talked about it five years ago, depending of course, if you're still using the tool then, um, you know, and I love that because I can just scroll back in time, anything related to that thing. And I don't have to think about where to put it in the structure or worry about if the structure that I built isn't right, that it, I won't be able to find it, which is something that I started to notice in Notion. Like I put a lot of stuff in there and I start using the search function. And then at some point you go like, I know I written down something, but did I write it down in this sub page and that sub page? And uh, a lot of people solve that by having like a global database, mm -hmm. which works like well, but it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, and this is really the thing where I, keep switching between Obsidian and Notion. And I hate the switching because as we mentioned before, we just put some information in different places and they get disconnected this way. And um, we should do both at the same time, which is all makes also no sense. But the thing that we can overcome with uh, Obsidian is the folder structure, for example. And this is something too many people going paperless, they bring in the old thinking from paper. We have a folder and in there we have some paper stacks and we look through the invoices or whatever. And I was already talking about this in, in the interview with um, Ian Small, the CEO from Evernote, mm -hmm. where um, he mentioned that only 2% of the Evernote users using tags. And I you know, wondered about this and I asked my people, so 50% of my following using tags in Evernote, however, they are more tech related. So I think yeah. the general user is not aware of this. And this is what the paperless movement is all about, that we want to increase the awareness about what you actually can do in a digital world. And text is one of the simple things to explain um, that when you have a folder structure, you have these subfolders, 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 and you end up with a file putting into a subfolder that you actually could also put in another subfolder. So what do you do? You duplicate this file into the <laughs> other folder. And with tags, you can, you know, overcome this. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as someone, when I was using Evernote, uh, I was using tags because it's one of those things that I'm so used to in all these different tools. Like I use tags in Todoist. I used uh, uh, short, uh, the, the super tags or like the global tags in Notion, though not as much as I should. And I love using tags in stuff like Obsidian and Logseek and, and, and Rome because it just allows me to like go straight through my notes and just like... Uh, 
get like a subset of information that I need and I can make all these different views of data. Um, and it's, it's one of those things, yeah, that, that a lot of uh, people that aren't uh, looking in the text head go like, yeah, what, what would I use them for? But I think that's the same as with the graph. Tags become something that becomes more valuable once you have more of them. Yeah. So you need to invest the time up front and you won't get the payoff until you're like a couple of months in. And you go like, hey, I'm having a, a chat with Tom Solid today. Let me open my Tom Solid tag and then just get everything. Yeah, That's uh, a value thing that, that not many people that haven't used that before won't immediately grasp. And there is an investment that they have to make. Uh, and, and that's like a lot of people go like, oh, my current system works. And then they spend another day going through their folders. Yeah, that that's absolutely that's absolutely true. And then the next level of the text is now the backlinks or, yeah. you know, that that's such a hype now around these backlinks since we have Rome research and things like that. But it is no magic in the end of the day, especially not from a technical point of view. So Notion very quickly, uh, you know, updated there. Mm -hmm. um, platform with their backlinks, which I was very happy to see because this gives me another layer of information and, and, and being able to mention inside my notes other information that makes it just much more interact. It's it's like a Wikipedia then in the end, you know, you go through, yeah. you click through the different pages and you go to the different locations, find the stuff, but having also the list of references on top where it was mentioned this gives you this navigation that you just mentioned uh, that is that is usually mis missing then. Yeah. yeah. And it's like funny when you talk about um, uh, the, the wiki uh, set of working, because that's a very old concept now. But yeah. then you see that the idea of linking data together and knowing where it came from is uh, it, it's been done. It's been done a long time ago. And the people that were using it know the power of that information. And it's just, it gets repackaged in a form that is useful or is more direct. And then people go like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. While at some point I'm going looking like, but it's just a wiki, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, they, that's really the thing that came to my mind. In the end of the day, we're building up our own wiki there. And uh, um, yeah, so, but talking about this information, this is why I also think single source of truth is so info important to me. And you can build a single source of truth using different sources. So I, yeah. for example, have Evernote still as my document management manager, scanning my documents into Evernote just is much more efficient. I, de I don't have a structure in there. I'm just dumping yeah. it in because I know when I search for the document that I'm looking for, I will find it later on. It does a great OCR job and things like that. But I would never use it still for note taking because I don't have these backlinks features and things like that. And the structure is still too old. I'm sure they will, you know, start to, to, you know, get some pace there. But uh, on I the other hand, Notion that. is not the proper document manager for me. I, I, I would never store my, well, I store some uh, contracts or something like that. But I, um, Notion doesn't do OCR, isn't it, of PDF files. So I can't search for my PDF. No. It so. doesn't that I checked. It's uh, yeah. one of those things that I would love to do. Uh, I used to do the same uh, thing. I used to do it in Evernote because there was OCR there and that worked very well. And I switched to Google Drive at some point because yeah. I got everything in Google. And I recognize it because I have this huge printer behind me and that one has like an automated scan to drive function. So yeah, that's 
that I don't get that much paper anymore, which I'm glad about. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where it's like anytime I get a paper, it's like this is no effort. I just chuck it in, click scan, say send to drive or send to my invoicing system, and it just goes automatically towards uh, both systems and they both OCR. And it saves me such a hassle. And I've been in discussions with companies already because um, the Dutch internet companies and phone companies, at some point they stop sending you PDFs by mail. Yeah. And they say, like, go to our website and click on something. And me from my automation brain goes, this goes from, like, zero effort. Like, zero is just an inbox rule in my Gmail to, like, I have to go to your website. I have to get this stuff. Yeah, that's that's what I hate as well, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then they don't have any integrations. I mean, if if they have a Sapia integration or something like that, you could pull the information or something like that. But this is usually not the case with such companies. I just don't get it. Then when you call them up, they go, like, it's like you you tell them magic. It's like, (laughs) why would we do this? It's like, yeah, I know, like... But if you're not giving me this, then I would like a paper invoice again. Why would you like a paper invoice? I said, I got a system for that. It's yeah. like, that just comes to my door. Two seconds, I'm done. It's less work than going to your website that for some reason always changes structure every month. Yeah, it's so funny because I absolutely can so relate to your thought process. And this is really what I hope that, especially with Corona and so on, with, with COVID going on and so on, that the mindset changes a lot what is actually possible and you talked about a process that we both use you know one click of a button or automating forwarding of the email into a different inbox and things like that it is so obvious to us but these companies think we don't want to spam your inbox folder yeah so we allow you to download it on your own maybe you know they thought they improved something but they have no idea what is possible actually uh, on the other hand yeah yeah, yeah, and that's like, I mean, I like the fact that I can go to the website and log in and see all my old invoices, and I think that's still important. Yeah. But to tell me like this fat story that says like, hey, we're no longer going to email you this in PDF because of uh, security. <laughs> to save the trees. <laughs> to save the trees or something. Uh, and I've been in billing, so I know how much work it is to send all those PDFs out and to generate it. So I know it's just a cost-saving measure, and that really takes me <laughs> in the wrong boxes because... Yeah, but it's they like, probably could automate this as well. Yeah. I well, mean, they have know, to provide it, it anyway. They have to provide the PDF there as well. And yeah. um, if they, you know, at least give you an opt-in or opt-out option for this, uh, this would be great. So, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome, but they don't. And it's it's super annoying. And uh, I always, like, I, I switched internet providers because, like, uh, I found an internet provider that was still providing me the PDFs. And then I was happily using this for three months and they're going like, yeah, we're switching this off. It's like, you've been doing this for 10 years longer than the rest of the people. I switched to your company and you decide to switch like three months in. Yeah, believe and me, you're not alone. No worries. It's like, you know, they're, they're walking backwards. It's, it's so and this weird. And this is actually another um, direction we can go here using niche products. Another reason why I also like Notion, but also Coda, I'm sure they will grow fast now mm-hmm. and uh, is I can hope that they will exist still exist in a few years down the line yeah and if I use any niche product of solving that solves a specific problem for me maybe you know two months later they are no longer there and then my data is gone or whatever so this is really also something also Evernote you know yeah. uh, they also they struggle they are so big and they have so many many customers they need to relay on relate on their data in there 
they have to do something that people, you know, to stay alive. They want to survive, yeah. obviously. And this oh. is why confidence increases. Also for security yeah. reasons. Uh, you know, I, I always think when people complain about security and things like that, um, if it is really against the law, I'm not, you know, I'm sure these companies are not thinking twice, changing anything in their, yeah. you know, what they can do in order to make this right. Otherwise they are out of the game. Yeah, that's true. They have the, uh, the cloud and the budget and they want to grow. Um, and I've seen it with Notion as well, because Notion is, isn't very big in Europe yet. And so they, they're still dealing with like things such as the GDPR uh, rule sets that we have in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that if they really want to be used, like I'm working for government and people are using Notion, but there we already say like, okay, if they're not hosting in Europe, we can't use it because we won't accept it being in a cloud provider in the United States because it's government data and there's rules for that. Um, and it's not that hard to switch because if you do cloud-based, you can just tell uh, in Azure, for example, like say like, I want to deploy in Europe, yeah, but yeah. you have to split up your system and you have to have like a, a daughter company. So there's work that needs to be done and they're just not big enough yet, but it's not going to take very long. Because yeah. they want to expand worldwide and those are the steps that you need to go through. And that's I can expect that from Notion and I can expect that from Coda, but I can't expect that from very small, just starting niche products that I love using, but go like, yeah, you're not there yet. Uh, the only thing that I would pick those is if they're open source because I know somebody else can pick it up and because I do the data storage so I can say like, okay, I'm going to chuck it into a... Yeah, as long as you have control of the data, like Obsidian, you know, yeah. I always know if I write anything in there, I have to markdown files. And there are so many other alternative tools out there that I can just import it and keep going in another tool. Yeah. That's a peace of mind there. That, 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 you know, that makes me sleep like a baby because I know that the data is somewhere where I can access it. Um, and because I script and I code, even if the formatting isn't like exactly what I need, I know, for example, that LogSeq uses headers. So there's like a lot of hashes in there and I can't really paste that into an email. So at some point I just wrote a script that takes it and then reformats it so I can yeah. chuck it in an email. Um, so I, I can code my way out of a problem because I have straight access to the data. Uh, except of course that isn't for everyone because I also have a uh, a viewer base that I try to keep in mind with these things because I'm going like yeah and most of the people watching my challenge channel aren't as technical as me so I can get up to a certain height and explain some stuff but I can't expect them to start writing Python code to solve their problems yeah and this is the this is actually the no code movement and Coda does the best job there when it comes to writing down formulas or going crazy um, building up systems without, you know, without proper coding, I would say, yeah. um, basic, basic knowledge about if this, then that, and things like that is, is more than enough or it, they really do a great job compared to the formulas inside notion. And another, the most annoying thing, and I'm sure a lot of people relate to this is the missing API in notion. And let's see what the beta or what the, the final API will look like. Um, this is, you know, it, filling it with YouTube videos, for example, you know, my, yeah. my YouTube database and things like that. Airtable, there is an example of a great database tool like Airtable where you can build this up, but then I hate it then because I have to disconnection between my databases again, when I want yeah. to use notion in order to backlink and make notes and reference to a specific video, I want yeah. to have this inside notion. 
But if I yeah. go to Airtable, I don't have the note-taking capabilities and things like that. So I get all the data in there. So I really hope they will get at least a SAPI integration that I can build something in there. That's, that's like one of the things that I really look forward to because I recognize that pain as well. I have all my things into uh, in Notion, like this is where I keep track of my, my videos. And then once they're done, I uh, open like the Notion screen on the left and I open like five other screens on the right and they have like publish it to all the social medias, publish it on YouTube, to publish it on my website. So I have to go through all these steps to get it working. And I know that all of them have an API except Notion. <laughs> and the moment Notion gets an API, I can at some point go like, okay, I never want to do this again. I can solve this. I just have to spend a day writing code yeah. that would drag it out of Notion, separate it based on tags, because that's what I would probably do, say like this bit of tag needs to go everywhere, this bit of tag just needs to go on the social medias, stuff like that, and then just drag it out and post it somewhere. The thing I'm mostly worried about is like, how do I start said script? Because mm -hmm. I would like Notion to be able to do like webhooks so that I could say like, hey, if I'm dragging this to published, go through the data, put it everywhere and just email me the links or something afterwards and tell me like, hey, it's done. You can go over it to check and then yeah. your work is done. So for the um, people who don't know webhooks, uh, web it would be actually the, the trigger then. Whenever you do anything yeah. in Notion, it will trigger or it sends out a notification and you yeah. can pick it up from another application, isn't it, to do something. Yeah. From the For less technical people, what I usually say, what a webhook does is it goes to a web page and loads it. Yeah, that, that's okay. basically what it does. And then because it loads a web page, you can put scripting behind that. And you know, like something changed, fire it off. And uh, before that, we just did uh, interval things. So let's run a script every five minutes, which of course is totally pointless. If you only release one video a week and yeah. you're running your script every five minutes. Yeah. And then still go like, oh man, this is taking long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so let's hope for the best there. So you actually mm -hmm. manually add your videos to you to Notion then, right now? Uh, yes, like um, I'm stopping that a bit because I'm now manually adding them to my website and starting using that. And because I keep track of my videos, like everything inside Notion already, most of it's already there. So you only I need to template. add the link then. Yeah, I just have to update the link because the text is already there already. Put that in Notion. I have like a uh, when I make a template, there's a subpage in it with all the details in it. I fill that in and I can then drag it from there towards my public video page, hmm. and then it gets uploaded. And uh, but it feels clunky. Well, the great thing in in Coda when you put in the video URL there, it just you have a YouTube pack and it pulls all the information, including the video itself, the thumbnail, all you need. Uh, so do you add you. do you add a thumbnail? to the Notion database manually, or is there a way that it pulls it automatically? No, I do it manually, so I like upload it towards the cover set, and I have to do it twice in my current setup, because I have the page that I have for myself, which I use the thumbnail to reference it, because I like how it looks, uh, but it doesn't really do anything. I mean, it's the one that I should skip if I don't want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and have the sub page, which goes on my public Notion page for all the videos. But as said, I would prefer everything to go through an app because yeah, one day of scripting would just pay itself back in a year. It's, uh... Okay. Yeah, so I really like this. We have a lot in common and I'm sure we, we too are not alone in this world with the things that we want from Notion and with the mindset. But in the other, in the other, on the other hand, we have a lot of people don't are not aware what we actually can do in the digital world. So this yeah. is really, really nice talk here. I got an interesting story about that one. 
Yeah, keep on. Uh, Go on. Uh, so when I started in uh, as a uh, in my career, all the way in the beginning. So I wasn't as technical as I'm now. I'm just an absolute beginner, but I was a nerd. And I talked about I was working in a billing department. So I came to this company and they said, do you want to work with the internet guys? They were all technical guys and stuff doing it. Or do you want to work in the billing department? And I looked at the billing department and... Um, Okay, this one's a bit flat, but like I was a young kid, like, and there were a lot more women in the building department. So I'm going like, that sounds like a better place to work. <laughs> um, and uh, I got like work given to me, and she goes like, here's work, and I look at it and I script it, and I come back to her at the end of the day, and I say like, it's done, and she goes like, that's two weeks of work. Yeah. I said no, that's about half an hour of scripting, and I was drinking coffee the rest of the day while I was running, and. This that was one of the points where I discovered that the people that I go hang around with, they all find scripting the normalest thing in the world, but that there's a huge chunk of the world that wouldn't even think about, hey, I could automate this. They just get to work and start doing the things that they want to do. And that's, of course, like a shame because they could save themselves a lot of time uh, doing manual uh, changes if they knew just a tad bit of scripting. It is so funny because it sounds like you told my story there. It yeah. is, you know, when I started in, in the biggest pharma industry uh, in the world and I started there, it was exactly the same situation, you know. I had to do something and, you know, it was printing out thousands of pages of something with a different number on it and I presented it to my boss there. And she went crazy and she said, oh, no, there's something wrong on it. And now everything is broken and we, we don't, you know, we don't have to time the time to um, correct this and so on. We, we have already booked this slot of blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. And, this you know, she thought it will take days now to correct this. And I said, give me a minute. I went back to the computer, hit a button and then I print another thousand pages because it was on paper. But it was there. So it yeah. was not my mistake, but that uh, the number, but I was fixing it. And this is exactly the same story. It was going on like this. And I ended up as a team lead in IT now, um, even in IT, you know, you think everything is, no, there are so many different areas people are focusing on. Doesn't yeah. mean that they are efficient or, you know, digitally aware of what is possible in project productivity yeah. areas. So this is really interesting. Yeah. Love the story. Can really relate to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of, I think it's also a mindset. It's like the fact that um, if you get to a point where you know that you can automate a lot of things, you start digging until you find how yeah. to automate it. Yeah. So I didn't uh, get to the fact that Notion didn't have an API because I got it pushed to me at some point. It's because I was looking at going, I really wish I could automate this. Would they have? And then you start looking into it and people tell you like, no, not yet. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, it's a mindset that gets you there. And it's one that I try to explain to my son as well. We're, do, we're doing a book report and using Microsoft Office for that one. And I go like, you have to use headings. He goes like, why do I have to use headings? Yeah. Like now it doesn't matter because your teacher don't, doesn't care. But when you start working, you'll start making these documents and somebody will say like, oh yeah, can you change that to like a different <laughs> type size? And then instead of you having to go back through the whole document and change everything, you just change it here and it changes everything. And he looks at it and goes like, Wow, I said like, it's exactly the same as what you're doing with Minecraft because he's like automating everything in <laughs> Minecraft. Yeah, I'm saying like this works for your productivity tools as well. If you're ever in doubt and you go like, I don't know how to automate it, just ask me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I probably figured it out already. 
This is awesome. I really love this because I was, you know, shouting at people when it came to formatting Word documents and they didn't get it, you know, that the, the more work you have to do later on when you mess up yeah. big documents with this way, with formula, you can mess up so much. So uh, great, great story there. I thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. One, one last fun. question is, where will people find you? And actually, what do you want to do in the future on your YouTube channel? What is it going to? Yeah, you can find me on my YouTube channel. So you go to youtube.com slash tools on tech. Uh, that will work. Uh, I also have a website, toolsontech.com. Uh, and you can find my Twitter there if you want to have like direct contact and, uh, and chat with me because I'm always active. Yeah, that's great. That's how we came into contact on Twitter, actually. <laughs> so this is great. And yeah, talking about Twitter. So I, I was actually sending out a tweet once where I said, if there is a recurring task, you need to automate it. Yeah. If you haven't automated it, make a task to automate it. Something like that. I don't know. But it was exactly what you just mentioned that mm -hmm. I hate it. I hate routines where I, that I have to do, where I think this could be automated. Yeah. And I, we, we could also talk about the uh, four hour work week, isn't it? Oh yeah. I, I, that's, I that's guess you know, I, I have it behind me somewhere here. Yeah. It's uh, so this is I exactly the thing, you know, you said, you said to your boss that you have you've been drinking coffee in the other hand, you could build up a business or whatever in this time. So this is what the power of, and, and this is what really would annoy me so much wasting time in things that can be automated. This is really something I either delegated. It. Yeah. Either delegated to somebody who does a better job than me mm -hmm. in this or automated. Actually, like uh, I, I was switching um, accountants and we were like 90% through the process and I was auto uploading my bank statements to them and they go like, yeah, we can't process this. Can you send the PDFs? And I'm like, excuse me? It's like, can you send the PDF? So, so, you, so you mean that I have to like manually go in there, get the PDFs because that's the only thing I can't automate because you have to generate those and send them to you like and i'm sending them in like a, a, a comma separated text format like you can just import that in your booking account right yeah. they go like no no we can't it's like what account are you using i go to that account and they go like oh we actually have like a fully digital uh setup between your bank and our system and if you just set it up it will just work automatically so i go back and i say like i would like to help with this like explain it to you get the stuff set up i don't care i much rather spend two days automating this yeah then manually download the PDFs and they go like, no, we don't. So then this is where it ends. It's like, just send me the bill for the hours made and I'm not switching. Yeah. And they just, they just went like, they go like, no, you get to us for our knowledge about booking and taxes and stuff like that. I said like, no, there's two things here. I get to you for taxes, but also I don't want to do effort. My current system is nearly fully automated. And if somebody goes to like a lot of work, that's a hard line. That's a limit. And yeah. it sounds like a little thing, but that's the problem with these things, right? Yeah. It's go to our website, get the PDF, yeah. get this thing, set it over there. And it all takes two minutes. And then at the end of the month, you spend the whole day Absolutely. doing these minute tasks. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, the same in Germany. I, you know, I was using accounting tools from US when I started mm -hmm. the business. Then I went to my tax lawyer and switched to a professional tax lawyer who is specialized in digital companies and, and going paperless and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It is crazy. I have to use German uh, accounting software and I have to say, okay, how can I upload my statement? Things like that. Two years later, 
working together with the CEO of Fastbill, actually. Shout out there. Um, we in made a Sapia integration. Everything is now automatically added to my account and, and forwarded to the tax lawyer and things like that. This wouldn't be possible in other tools. And yeah, but it is so strange that I'm fighting, or like my my doctor father said uh, when I made was doing the PhD, he said it's, it's like pissing against the wind. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, because they they just don't want to. Like you go like, why wouldn't you want to automate this? Why isn't everybody uh, uh, screaming this? Because I talked to like my previous accountant, they go like, we have to download these PDFs for like a hundred customers, and so like, why aren't you? trying yeah, to get it automated. probably they are scared of the jobs then again even yeah. you know if you if you if your daily routine is half of the week downloading pdfs and somebody yeah. comes in and says even for free i help you to automate this mm -hmm. no 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 it's all fine i want to keep my job this could be also uh, a, yeah. a reason for that it's one of the, one of the reasons i left him was because uh, I had to pay per invoice, which I don't mind because like they get processed and it goes through and he goes like, that's like, I think it was 50 cents or euro or something per invoice, which mm. is a lot, but it's like, okay, if I don't have to do anything, fine. And then we also charge you a euro per transaction. I'm going like, excuse me, what? It's like, you mean the text files that I sent to you that I can write a script to import it in an hour? <laughs> and you want to charge me for every line in there? It's like, no. Because <laughs> my, my brain just goes like, that's easy money. I, I'm in the wrong business here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous uh, how different uh, some people look at automation. Yeah. So, Bas, we will yeah. end the interview here. I could go on for hours with you talking about this. It's a really, really, really interesting talk here. And I'm sure we, we keep in touch. And definitely. Um, let's, let's have a follow up interview there, I guess. Sounds like fun. It's like, uh, it was uh, excellent. Uh, like I haven't been feeling too well today. And I was like, are you still going to do an interview? And I'm like, I'll just, I'll manage. Cause when I'm chatting, like I forget that I'm not feeling too well. It's like, it no way. Going. I had exactly the same. <laughs> Am I talking to myself here? That's so funny. We have My... one major difference. Cause you're an Apple yeah. user and I'm a Google Android uh, setup. Oh, I thought I'm German in your Netherlands, but it's okay. Nah, <laughs> like, don't talk national. Yeah, we are same. <laughs> I think I think that Android Apple is a much bigger feud worldwide. Well, that's true. That's really so. You're the evil brother then. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is awesome. Um, thank you very much for being on the show, Buzz. And yeah, you're welcome. I catch up with you next time.